Praise the Lord. Um, we just completed uh, seven days of prayer and fasting. Uh, we finished on Friday. Um, I've never done seven days before. And um, when I was announcing it, I was also almost fighting myself on the inside. What are you saying? Because, you know, people have different grace. Some people, when they hear prayer and fasting, they get excited. Some of us, we need prayer and fasting for the prayer and fasting. And I am one of those. It doesn't come easy for me. Uh, but uh, the Lord really moved uh, on my heart in a special way. And um, uh, we, we pulled it off. And when we got to Friday, I was so blessed that we made it. I couldn't believe I, I did it, you know? I mean, I, if you're Abisha or African, I mean, you're saying, what are you talking about, Pastor Z? Uh, this is a way of life for us. I know. But some of us are not so inclined. Um, so I'm really grateful. Uh, and we made it through. Um, and the Lord spoke so many profound things. Uh, I'm just going to try to summarize um, what I feel the Lord has saying and kind of paint the map of where we're at now as the church and what I'm feeling in my spirit. Um, and uh, I believe we'll live different from the way that we came in. Amen? The first thing I want to say, in case you did not notice, is that we closed the prayer on Friday night. We had a big celebration in here. And uh, afterwards... Uh, if you remember, I said, I said uh, uh, to uh, what, what Elijah told Ahab, uh, go eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. Do you remember that? And, and I said that, and I feel it was not me saying that. I was feeling the juice of the Holy Spirit stirring up my engine. Go eat and drink. And, and I don't know if you noticed, that night it started raining. I have video evidence for those of you who don't believe me. It started raining, and it has not rained for a long time. And I began getting texts all throughout the night. Pastor Z, it's raining. And I said, of course it's raining. <clears throat> what do you expect? Praise the Lord. And I took it really as a sign. Uh, you know, uh, that, that the Lord has honored our prayers, that our seeking in the Lord was not in vain, that the Lord really led us. And the issue that we were contending for was the mountain. And taking the, the mountain, the title of my message today is the mountain of God. Hallelujah. The church is responsible for the mountain. The church is responsible to establish God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We are the ones who've been given the responsibility to bind and loose. Can we say amen? So I feel in my spirit and I sense and I'm, I'm just feeling that. The, do you feel the air change in, around Ad Saba? Does it feel more clearer, more fresher? More joyous. That was us, by the way. Okay, if you feel like it's just the same as it always has been, maybe you just flew in this morning from a different country. But in here, the air is clear in Jesus' name. Every demonic stronghold and principality that has been messing with us, they are now on the run in Jesus' name. They are running and we are possessing in Jesus' name. Be mindful, our battle, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We are not here to preach to people. We are here to drive out demons. And they are on the run and we are occupying in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In research, what the role is of research is to identify the gap. 
All right, this is what we do in research. You identify the gap and then you make your contribution of study that will fill the gap and a contribution to knowledge. In the church, our job is to do the exact same thing. The church in the city, the church in the territory, the church in the nation or region, their job is to find the gap and fill that gap by the Spirit of God with everything that is missing. Amen. I've said it before, I'll say it again. When there's something missing in the earth, when things, when injustice, corruption, and backwardness is the, 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 the law of the land, it is our job as the people of God to contend for those areas in the name of Jesus and bring fullness where there is emptiness. Can we say amen? So when you do a, just a, a, a brief glance over our nation and the continent of Africa, you will find that there's a few gaps. Can I highlight some of them? Okay. Number one, when we have the fastest growing Christian population in the world, with the greatest churches and ministries and super prophets, mega prophets, mega bam apostles and prophets, okay, where the anointing is flowing like a river and there's so many miracles and blessings in the house of God all across the country, coast to coast. But when the conditions, the livelihood of the people of God is no better than it was before, there is a gap. When the richest continent in the world is home to the poorest people in the world, there is a gap. When the youngest population in the world is in Africa, which represents the greatest potential to heal the continent and change the hands of begging to hands of blessing, but that same generation is fleeing in droves and drowning in the Mediterranean Sea, there is a gap. You're supposed to say amen. God's kingdom is built. The foundation of God's kingdom is justice and righteousness. Hallelujah. There needs a visitation of God's spirit on these regions so that the desert place will become a fertile field. Can we say amen? amen. Praise the Lord. Isaiah 58 and verse number 12. It says, your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Praise the Lord. It doesn't read the same way in the Amharic, but in the English it says you will rebuild the ancient walls. Repair, you'll be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Re, re, re. Hallelujah. means everything will be redone, rebuilt, refashioned, restored to God's original, and it will look just like God intended. By the way, our vision is redeeming nations in righteousness. You're welcome. You came to the right, right place this morning. And did I say we live different from the way we came in? Yes. Good, because that's what we're here to do. Um, uh, when when, when uh, we take up this project, understand that it, 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 uh, it's important that we take the battle to the spirit realm. This is not, I'm not talking about doing a salam self or even drafting legislation and policy. That comes later. The first step is to take the battle, take the battle to where the battle is, is, is to be fought, and that is in the realm of the spirit. During fasting and prayer, KB taught us, uh, and he mentioned this thing about uh, this, uh, this witch doctor in Uganda. His name was James Qualia. And uh, he is now saved, and he's in the kingdom of heaven, and he's a preacher minister. But he was a very powerful witch doctor before he found the Lord. And 
he mentioned a few things and I asked him to send me the, the YouTube link and I watched a little bit of it and then it's very long so I couldn't finish. But I caught something when I was watching that I feel is relevant to our church and what we're trying to do. Okay, now he said that he was a very powerful witch doctor and he was in charge of the region of southern Uganda and northern Tanzania. That was his territory. He was a territorial witch. Okay, and uh, um, one thing that he said that caught my attention is when you are a territorial witch, we draw our boundaries by rivers and mountains. Those are the borders that we follow. And I said, ah, rivers and mountains. Everybody say rivers and mountains. Now, I didn't say that. That's what the witch doctor said. The witch doctor said it's to control and to have power in my realm of authority. I have to take the, the, the rivers and the mountains. And this is why this was so interesting to me. Some of you know the testimony. The thing that brought us here to start this ministry, we were in the U.S. and the Lord gave me two very powerful encounters with him. And both of them were, were talking about rivers. I saw rivers two times. And, and I did not come here because of love of country. I, I came here because of love of rivers. Finding rivers, smelling for rivers. And, and so the things started to come together. I began to understand. See, the thing about rivers is rivers is the product of mountains. If there is no mountain, you don't have a river, you have a lake or a pond. The river, the height of the river gives the river its flow. The higher the mountain, the stronger the river. Can we say amen? So there's two unique things about this river in this nation, the River Nile, which also has a source in Jinja, Uganda, and the surrounding countries as well. And we all meet together in the Khartoum, uh, city of Khartoum, and then we flow northward toward Egypt. Can we say amen? amen. Now, two things about the Nile River very quickly. I might have said this before, but this is the, spirit, the, the, the territory we are in. Number one, the Nile River is the strongest or the longest river in the world. Number two, unlike almost every other river in the world, uh, the Nile River flows from south to north as opposed to from north to south. Okay, what does that tell you about the mountain? Turn to your neighbor and ask them, what does that tell you about the mountain? Praise the Lord. What did they say? You know what that tells me? That tells me that you better do your business on the mountain. Tell them again, you better do your business. Hallelujah. You better do your business on the mountain. We are here to do business on the mountain. We are here to bind and loose. We are here to declare. We're not just here to give good lecture. We are here to get some control of this territory. To lay some claim over the kingdom of the air. So that the kingdom of God that is in heaven will start to reflect its image here on earth. That there will be not so much difference between the two. Come on somebody. That any interruption and any interference will be knocked out by the power of of God. Hallelujah. Can we say amen? If we're not doing something on the mountain, we are not doing much. Now I took a look at Jesus' ministry and I saw something I never saw before. I saw this this week. Jesus' ministry was a mountain ministry. It was a mountain and river ministry. Can I explain? Uh, Jesus did not do anything until he turned 30. 
He was a known name. He was just like any other person until he turned 30. When he turned 30, he went to the river. And he was baptized in the river. And while he was in the river, the heavens opened. Come on, somebody. The Spirit of God came down. And the Father spoke and said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Hallelujah. After that, he went for his temptation after 40 days of fasting. And the enemy took him up to the highest mountain. And when he took him up to the highest mountain, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And he, and he told him, all this will be yours if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. On the highest mountain, Jesus established the worship of God. Hallelujah. And I thought it was so prophetic that we are calling this building Africa Worship Center. Hallelujah. Because in the capital of Africa, on the highest capital city of Africa, it is God who will be worshipped and no other. Every other principality will have to get in line. Because in this place, God will be worshipped and he will be worshipped because he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And there is none beside him and there is none like him. And he will get the praise and the glory from this place and no other. Hallelujah. This building will not be a place where we come to have church. This is a place where the fragrance of worship, the incense of the prayers of the entire continent will go up and the blessing of God will come down. Somebody said amen. amen. After Jesus uh, finished that, he went, he did the teaching, the parable, uh, the, the, the beatitude which was taught on the mountain. Jesus fed the multitudes and then he dismissed the crowd and he told the disciples to cross the Galilee and he went up on the mountain to pray and after he finished praying he came down the mountain and he walked on the water hallelujah I like that he came down the mountain and he walked on the water and he calmed the sea and he said peace be still and the disciples looked at him and said what manner of man is this you better do something on the mountain he prayed on the Mount of Olives, not the Valley of Olives. And he prayed with great sweat that turned into drops of blood. He was crucified on a mount called Golgotha and Calvary. And then he went back to Mount, uh, the Mount of Olives again, where he ascended from the Mount of Olives into heaven. Hallelujah. And he completed from start to finish his mountain and river ministry. And we pick up right where Jesus left off as the people of God. In Amarinya congregation, they said, Amen. We pick up right where we have, if we as the people of God, if we as the church of Jesus Christ are not contending for the mountains, we are not doing much. Every corruption in the earth is a result of a corruption in the thinking. And the corruption in the thinking is the result of a corruption in the air. If we don't bind and loose and establish the dominion of God in the air, the mind cannot be free. Disobedience in the earth is because of disobedience in the air. Come on somebody. If we are not contending, if we are not fighting, if we are not pushing, hallelujah. Can we say amen? So we have come today just to establish what has already been established in, in, in prayer. Hallelujah. God gave us a shift in the heavenlies. God gave us the air. Hallelujah. It's now in our hands and in no other. Amen, amen. It smells good in here. It smells like heaven in here. 
When the dew drips in the earth, it starts to roll down the mountain and the river brings life to the whole, to the whole nation in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can I share something personal today? Uh, you need to have a little bit of a... There's no equivalent word in the English, but a kuta. Kuta in the English is translated anger, but it's not just like anger. There's a little spice and mismita and that's added to the anger. You have to be like a little righteous indignation. Eh? On my watch, this mountain... I'm going to be having church in this mountain with another person in charge. I don't think so. Not while I am here. Excuse me. Maybe it's comfortable and okay for you. But for me, as long as I'm here, excuse me. Tell your neighbor, excuse me. I did not come here to play church. I came here for the air. I'm contending for the air. I want the whole thing as long as I'm here. As long as God gives me breath in my lungs and gives me an ability to preach this gospel, we are go not going to stop until the kingdom of this world becomes the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Otherwise, we are just wasting time. Otherwise, we're just having, ha playing games. This is serious business. A and one thing I realized, if you will allow me, if you'll excuse me, if I could be so polite and so bold at the same time. One thing I heard about this testimony of James Qualia is he said that he was given two demonic witchcraft from the time of his birth. He was dedicated at his birth uh, to, to, to serve in the, in, the, in the occult and the witchcraft. Right, And so even from the time he was very young, powers came on him. And he would control regions. And even as a young boy, other witches would come and bow and give him, uh, uh, what is it? Tribute. They would tribute him because the power in him was so strong. And then he took that, that, that calling from birth and he took it straight to the mountain. And he ruled over all those territories in that region of Africa from, from, from that mountain. You, you all are quiet. I know it's the international church. Maybe this is new for, for some of you. But, but, but this, is, this is what he said. And when I heard that, I got a little bit righteous indignation. Praise God he's saved now. But you know, you get a picture of how the demonic work, world works. They, they get anointed and then they go for mountains. All right? So I, I, I think what we do in the church is we primarily have a tradition of going for souls. And we do need to go for souls. But before we go to souls, go for souls, we have to go for the mountain. And we have to get the mountain before they get to the mountain. Or if they possess the mountain, it's important that we kick them out of the mountain and establish. Are, are you following what I'm saying? And so I don't know about you, but I got a little bit righteous indignation. And then I began to remember something. You, you know, uh, I mean, everybody, let me, let me just say this because some of you are going to get mad and think I'm boasting about myself. I'm only boasting in the Lord. True humility is just accepting who God called you to be and who God says you are no more, no less. So let me establish something. All of us are equally saved by the same blood. By means of salvation, there is no one greater or lesser. It is one blood that saves us all. We all got in through the same door. If you're glad that you're saved, say amen. Okay? But when it comes to calling and assignment, 
Paul says in Ephesians 4 that he gave gifts to men. That he, each one of us has been given a grace. So there's same calling or, or same salvation but different calling. Same salvation but different grace. Alright, so if we, we, we take that same theory of our salvation into our calling, we, we, we've made a mistake. We, are, we have same salvation, but we have different calling, different assignment. Alright, now when we bring those different assignments together, we have what we call the body of Christ, which, which functions beautifully. So I uh, was just kind of reminded about my calling in Jesus' name. And I would like to just help you understand my calling because I believe as a pastor, the greatest thing I can do for the church is to make sure that I personally find my exact calling. Because if I personally find my calling, then you find your calling. If I miss my calling, everybody eh, who calls me pastor is in trouble, right? I can only take you where I have been. My job is to find my place. It's to find my spot. It's to find what God has established from the foundation of the earth and embrace that place so that you can embrace your place. Can someone fix the mic, please? <laughs> my job is to find my place so that you can find your place. Not so that you can be like me, but so that you can find your place. Each one of us has a different calling. And so this is the thing I realized, and I, I had forgot about this. I was just reminded by the Holy Ghost. Uh, just like James Qualia, who was dedicated from birth, do you know that I was dedicated from birth? When my father saw me, when I was first, the first meeting me and Abba had together, he slapped the Bible on my head. <laughs> and he set me aside for the ministry. That's why, none, that's why I kind of am the way I am. I had no choice. Even when I tried to backslide, I was a terrible backslider. <laughs> because this calling would chase me down. I would be in the club, and I would hear Gash Tolosa's voice in my head. <laughs> I'm, I'm called. I couldn't do nothing about it, right? But, but, you know, Abba always says that story, but God just reminded me. That was no joke. I've been set aside from birth. That was a prophetic action that maybe he did not even know what he was doing. Just the Holy Spirit pushing him. Praise the Lord. I'm not just, I'm not saying, yeah. And so I do what I do and I am what I am by the grace of God. And I have to step into that because that's what God, that's agreement with God, right? Amen? Secondly, I, God reminded me of something. Uh, at the time when I was born, my parents were in a lot of fighting and a lot of mess. There was a lot of opposition, a lot of persecution at that time. And, and they, it's just a terrible time. The worst time to have the baby was when I was born. It was the most inconvenient time. And there was a lot of challenge. So they named me, let me say it, Bamaringa. Because there's two accents that you put on it depending on which country you're from. Zarubabel. Samaringa, with the spice. In, in America, I don't say Zerubabel because they have to ask me again and again. What did you say? What, excuse me, excuse me. All right. It's Zerubabel. In America, in Ethiopia, it's Zerubabel. Accent on the syllable. Backward. But they named me that name uh, because of the challenges that they were in. And the word of the Lord to Zerubabel is not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And then it says, what are you, almighty mountain? 
Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground. Can I boldly say something today? Hallelujah. I believe that in a new way, I believe that we've snuck into this mountain in many ways, but I believe in this week in particular, we have landed on the mountain in a way like we have not landed before. That the heavens have taken, taken notice of who it is that has landed on the mountain and we are redirecting traffic as of Friday night. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the mountain. Welcome to the heavenlies. Welcome to the victory of the air. Welcome to the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Welcome to the rain. Welcome to the mountain and welcome to the river in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I said welcome to the mountain in Jesus' name. Let every principality take notice. Hallelujah. That we are here not to visit. We are here to occupy. We are not here to knock on the door. We are here to take down the door. And to take over this mountain in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And in the name of Jesus as it is from this moment. Hallelujah. I declare that the shift has taken place. Hallelujah. That the river that was flowing this way has gone about face and it's now flowing this way. That because of the people of God. That because of the intercession of God's people, that there has come a shift in the heavenlies, hallelujah. That the rain is falling, hallelujah, and it's flowing towards justice and righteousness. That the Spirit of God has taken notice, hallelujah, and that the river is flowing, hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, welcome to the mountain, hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, welcome to the mountain. Ooh, hallelujah. Now, if you feel any kind of sense of uh, kick in your spirit, go ahead and give God a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey. Hey. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Feels good up here. Notice we kind of went up kind of smooth. Because we did all the fighting last week. We've hit cruising altitude now. You know, in the cruising altitude, you can take off your seatbelt. You can put your seat back. Come on, somebody. Just enjoying this space. You know, it's so amazing. Not only was there rain uh, on Friday, but I heard a, a testimony. We can't say it just yet. If it's true, we have to verify. But it's, if it's true, if it's true, the rain has truly come. Hallelujah. Justice and righteousness has truly come. We'll see where this goes and we'll announce. Actually, you won't, we won't need to announce. Hallelujah. The Lord himself will make that. You will read it on the news. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm getting tired. I did not eat for seven days. Somebody make some noise for me or something. Somebody shout or something. You see, there's the church, and then there's the church on the mountain. Mm. There's the people of God, and then there's the people of God on the mountain. There's a difference, hallelujah. There's a big difference. Welcome to the mountain, Beza Church. Welcome to your territory, hallelujah. 
you know, with all due respect and with all the purest of minds, as lions and dogs mark their territory, come on somebody, this mountain now belongs to the people of God. Hallelujah. We set the boundaries on the mountain of God. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, if you obey the Lord your God, you will be the head and not the tail. The head and not the tail. You will be above and not beneath. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 2.2 says that in the last days, which looks like it's right about now, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills. Hallelujah. And all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Hallelujah. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among all the mountains. Hallelujah. You know, it, there's mountains and then there's high mountains and there's the highest mountains. The Bible says in the last days the mountain of the Lord's temple will not just be a high mountain it will be the highest of all the mountains do you know why this is important it's important because when it rains whatever mountain is on the highest level will have dominion over all the other mountains that whatever is happening on the lower mountains it doesn't matter because the highest mountain will have the dominion the rain naturally flows from high to low but if we are not in the highest mountain we'll have a good service but we will be controlled by a flow that is not our own and what goes into the valley will not will not be our good service it will be whatever agenda has been established above us but God says in the last day which is right about now the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest highest above all the mountains it will be raised above all the hills welcome to your mountain hallelujah welcome to your mountain hallelujah 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 praise the lord Amen. hallelujah It says that they will teach us, we will, the nations will come and we will teach them his ways. Very quickly, John chapter 17 and verse number 20. Uh, we're going to teach them his ways. What we do on the mountain becomes critical, right? And so I believe our job as the people of God on the highest mountain is to do the highest thing. To the, do and engage in the things that are of highest value. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. John chapter 17, verse 20, Jesus is praying for the disciples and for us. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for, the, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, which would be all of us, which is you and me. Do you believe because of their message? Okay, so Jesus is praying for us here. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Jesus' prayer was for unity. And I believe that our job as the people of God is to establish on the mountain 
unity. It says, I have given them the glory that you gave me. The glory that he gave us is not for fame. The glory that he gave us is for unity. I have given them the glory so that, we might, they, so that, that, that they may be one. So that they may be brought to complete unity. Hallelujah. Everybody say unity. unity. Uh, I, I believe that the reason we come to the mountain and don't stay on the mountain is because of what we do on the mountain. I've been on several mountains before. And we have to learn the art of staying here. Unity is a high place. It's the highest ideal. And it should be done in the highest place. There's two things that we need to do for unity. I'm going to say this really quick and then we're going to pray. We're going to hit some things and pray. Number one, for unity, we need to forgive. Now, I know forgiveness is something that we are very familiar with. But uh, the Lord reminded me of what Madam said is really true. Some of us know the verse more than we know the practice. All right. Forgiveness is actually true. Forgiveness, it hurts. Some of you say, well, I would forgive, but pastor, it's so hard. I'm so glad that Jesus did not say it's so hard. The only reason you stand, by the way, is because of the mercy and grace of God. And some of us, we need to start with a radical forgiveness and release of all those who have. Some of us are in the house of God as long as we've been in the offense of God. All right. Your years in church doesn't count nothing if you're still offended at so-and-so. Can we release somebody? Can we stop backbiting and gossiping? Can we learn to forgive from the heart? Let's start in the home. Husband, did you forgive your wife? Wife, did you forgive your husband? Children, did you forgive your parents? See, it's quiet right now. It's easy. You can cover all of that up in a nice attendance on church Sunday. That's where the mountain starts. Forgive your neighbor. Forgive you. Have you started to forgive your enemy? We were praying the other day and someone said, so powerfully, says, what I've learned is that forgiveness is a process. And I said, Lord Jesus. Forgiveness is a process. You know you have truly forgiven, not when you say, I forgive you. You know that you have truly forgiven when you have a compassion for your enemy. I know, it's hard. Everybody put your hand on your heart in Jesus' name right now. Say, Father... I can't do it. Help me now. Give me grace now to love my enemies, even as you have loved me. It's not my love that I give. It's your love that I receive. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Forgive your government. Forgive the opposite tribe. Hello, Ethiopia. Forgive your pastor. Come on, people. Don't leave me alone. Forgive your pastor. Uh, uh, many people, they love God and they hate church because of what they experienced in church. Forgive your church. Forgive your church leaders. Uh, I also take ownership of every person who has ever been hurt in church. Forgive us. The truth is, we don't look like it. The truth is, we don't know what we're doing 99.9% .9 of the time. Right? Forgive. Can we say amen? amen? Yeah, let forgiveness flow like a river. Number two, and it's like uh, forgiveness is when we take the debt and bring it back to zero. But then the second part of keeping the unity is taking the zero and going into the, the overdrive. Overpay. That's what Jesus did. He did not pay for our sins. He overpaid. <laughs> right? So we don't only forgive. We share what we have. The kingdom of God is here. What do we do? If you have two coats, 
Yeah, it's quiet, church. You like your coats, don't you? If you have two coats, share your coat. Share with what you have. Be generous with somebody. Okay, yeah. In fact, some of you need to go home right now with that kind of attitude and bring your other coat and bring it here to church. Yeah? Some of you, actually, we need to fill this budget for ministry of the saints. Actually, I need to say something that I really, I, I just noticed and I need it not by way of boasting, but by way of giving thanks to God. I just realized something. God has caused us to break two statistical uh, uh, challenges historically that has been accompanying the body of Christ since its inception. This is a battle no matter where you go. It's evident everywhere. Number one is the socioeconomic disparity. Right? Normally, anywhere in the, ch in the world when you go to church, you have a, a higher class that go to one church and the lower class that goes to another church. Right? The well-to-do go to their church and the not-so-well-to-do they're found in, in this church. Right? Um, this was the problem uh, ever since uh, particularly the fourth century when the church and empire started to move together, right? And it's been the problem in the historical Ethiopian church as well. The ones who make decisions and the ones who are victims of decisions, all of them go to church, but they go to different congregations. The Lord has somehow kind of helped us to break that at, at base. I give God the praise for that. Because we have some heavy hitters in the church. We have some pretty powerful people in the church, as we saw this morning in Jesus' name. I'm not saying anything. But we also have some of the very, very lowest in our community. But it, it, it feels all the same. Everyone feels like they're at home. You don't do this with good preaching. You do this by the Spirit of God. It's Him who has done this. Amen? Now, now if you come to church and you're at the bottom of the social, social stratus, just give God time. You won't stay there very long. As we have countless testimonies in the church of God will bless you and you will start to be a blessing to the next round that comes in in Jesus name. Praise the Lord. And I thank God because it's not common. The second thing that I thank God that he has helped us to break in this church is the ethnic racial divide. We have every ethnic group and tribe represented in our church in Ethiopia and just about every polka dotted color in, in the world. If you finish your telegram, filling, stuff, fill, filling out your form, we will get the accurate number. You all need to pick out your phones if you have not filled out yet and do some advertising for my people and fill out the form. God has helped us. Last time we took the census of the church, we had 40 plus nations attending church at, at Beza. And that means that if everyone can come here and everyone can feel at home, that's not good preaching. That's the spirit of God at work. It was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who said the most segregated place in America is Sunday morning at church. When all one race goes to one church and the other race goes to the other church. I thank God that he has helped us in the capital of Africa to have a small, small taste of a broken racial divide that God has in fact, most of the people that we work with, I had no idea what tribe they were. I didn't even know what tribe Saleh was until recently. And I've been working with him almost 30 years. Yeah, that's how it should be, right? Yeah. Hallelujah. There's no color in God but one, red, the blood of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the Lord who has done this. Nobody's that smart. Nobody's that good. God is at work. 
And I'm just so grateful to God that he has brought us to this mountain. I'm so grateful for God that what's going to be coming out of our nation from now on is the standard of justice and righteousness for all people. That the kingdom of God would find a home in this region. Hallelujah. I mean that the things that man could not do, the things that was impossible with God, is impossible with man, is now possible with God. Can we say amen? amen. Can we say amen? amen? Do you feel that or is it just me? Could, could, could we just, if, if you are able, could we just stand on our feet and give God a praise as if we are on the top of the mountain, as if the enemy is running, as if God has given us the air. <laughs>